My testimony. Okay, we're starting the five-minute countdown. Five-minute countdown's going now.
Good morning, First Prez. We got a new song for you called My Testimony. We're going to go ahead and stand up and teach it to you. We'd love for you to sing it with us, though. Here we go. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power, yes I do Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven Oh, my praise belongs to you forever. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Together, sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Oh, yes, our God will finish what He started. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'll justify This is my testimony This is my testimony Alright, let's clap it up, here we go Keep those drums going, Chris Alright, I'm not dead then you're not done. Say it. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Cause greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Oh, greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Oh, greater things still to come. Oh, I believe. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'll justify. This is my testimony, now I'm alive. This is my testimony, from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony, this is my testimony. growing up in our home all the way through high school I sang all kinds of songs to them you know the classic like 
Good morning to you. Good morning to you. And I would add all these embellishments, back scratches, kisses. They hated it. They hated it. But you got to love it that the Apostle Paul said this to the church in Ephesus. He said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That means that God woke you up this morning promising that Christ is shining on you. So wake up, First Press. Wake up this morning because Christ shining on you regenerates you and gives you new life. So let's worship and sing and enjoy each other like it's true. And if you're new to First Prez, we're so glad you're here. We'd love to invite you to fill out a Connect card that can be found in the tent outside after worship, or you can scan this code right here so you can access that card. And you will hear from us right away because we would love to help you feel more at home and we would love the chance to get to know you better. I love introducing my friend, Emily Pariseau, to you this morning as she tells you about the next Young Professionals Mixer. As she comes up, I want you to know that Emily is a luxury travel consultant and she's been a part of First Prez and my life ever since she was a teenager. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Sunday, y'all. My name is Emily Pariseau, and I'm excited to announce this month's uh, Youth Professionals Mixer. It is coming up on October 30th at 6.30 p.m. It'll be here at the church, and we'll have this special opportunity to uh, tour the new campus, which should be really fun and exciting. Um, I encourage everyone in their 20s and 30s to come. It is a great opportunity to grow deeper in your relationships with the people in this community and grow deeper in your relationship with Christ. I went to my first Young Professionals Mixer last month and I was a little bit nervous to go in alone, but I was really glad that I went. I met a ton of new people. Everyone is so sweet and welcoming. Um, and even if you're new to the church or if you've never been to one of these young professional mixers before, I promise you'll be right at home and have a great time. Um, so come, please join us. Bring a friend if you like. We'll have Bare Naked Kitchen for dinner and it'll be a great time. And you can text Kathy to RSVP. Thank you. Yeah. You're the best. Love it. Love it. Please pray with me. Just take a deep breath. Father, you indeed woke us up and invited us into this day. We didn't do that ourselves. And in the waking up, you promised us that Christ will shine on us. Lord, there's nothing more wonderful than being woken up to a gift like that. A gift that regenerates us, that gives us life, that shines light in the places that feel dark or uncomfortable or anxious or stressful. Thank you, Lord, that it is here in worship where we get to lean into that truth. Would you help us do that? And Lord, your presence changes everything. And that's what your light shining on us is all about. The power and the beauty and the grace of your presence. You are here with us now. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And you wake us up in ways that we never even knew needed awakening. So wake up our souls. Wake up our hearts. Wake up our minds, Lord, so that we can experience you in a fresh, vibrant, new way. Lord, our hearts long for peace in the Ukraine, in the Holy Land, peace that only you can give. Lord, would you shine your light on those people, on those lands, anywhere in the world where there is conflict. It's just that right now our hearts are breaking. And Lord, we know that you are the one that can bring peace and power and victory, and the battle doesn't belong to anyone. 
It belongs to you. We claim that and ask for it. Jesus, we continue to pray with all of our hearts for Jackie Faircloth, having endured her accident so many years ago. But she is so important to us. And we ask for your grace over her family. Lord, love on them. Give them a sense of your abiding presence and heal up Jackie with your loving grace and goodness. Lord, as we worship now, we're just going to trust you and lean into the truth that you've said, wake up, wake up. I want to shine on you this morning. In your name we pray with so much gratitude. Amen. Carl Walker, First Pres member and all-world usher on the Sunday morning dream team, is going to come and tell you about Becky's Bash. Good morning to you. <laughs> I I did, all right? Great. Okay, no wonder they hated it. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's that time of year uh, for trunk or treat tonight, and also uh, next Friday for Becky Bash. So uh, Becky Bash uh, is the kind of the inspiration. Uh, my former wife, Becky Walker who actually brought me to this church about 15 years ago. Uh, unfortunately passed away five years ago of pancreatic cancer. Uh, there's her picture. You can tell I'm a total overachiever. Um, and uh, anyway, um, so about when she passed, she didn't like flowers, so we decided to do something different. We started, me and her boys, three boys, started a foundation. She uh, was a teacher at a Title I school. So we give back scholarships. Our mission is to give back scholarships. Uh, we've given over $100,000 back uh, in three years because we started the pandemic, so we didn't do it for a couple years. Um, but we give scholarships back to uh, deserving kids to help them uh, in life. And um, a lot of our students will be at the bash as well. They'll be up on stage. Uh, but if you can go to the next slide. Um, this year, our first, well, our first one was at the Garden Club, and that's a picture of it. So from humble beginnings, uh, that's Becky's um, oldest son, Thompson, on keyboards, and he'll be our, they'll be our first act. Um, last year, we were at uh, Raymond James, and it was a ton of fun. This year, we're at a new venue, which fits us perfectly, and it's called Tabella's at Delaney's Creek. John Faircloth goes, where the heck is this place? Said it this morning. If you Google it right now, it's 16 minutes from right here, so it's not that far. If you go, if you go cross town like you're going to Columbia Restaurant, um, don't go left, go right, and it's a mile, 1.4 miles down past the port. It's a beautiful grove oasis, uh, band shelter, beautiful place um, that really, he, uh, this guy Robert Garcia just started recently. Um, but there's a lot of uh, events out there, weddings and stuff like that. So you can see there's a picture of it. Uh, it's gorgeous. That's, that's only part of it, though. There's a whole band shell and everything. So um, next, next uh, slide. So this is it. We have three acts uh, for $100. It's a uh, tax donation. It's all-inclusive, catering by the family, Mike's Pies, Chill Brothers, full beverage, uh, everything uh, for your $100. Once you get in, it's... It's, uh, there's no out of pocket. So anyway, I invite you all to come. Um, and I guess the last thing I wanna say is that first year, you know, I, I can't, I'm, I'm just so humble up here because many of you in here really helped us out um, and are still helping us out. So I just wanna thank everybody for sponsoring us or sponsoring a teacher or coming to our events. So thank you very much. We'll see you next Friday, October 27th, 7 p.m., under five minutes. Thank you. <laughs> You need to know that Becky loved this church and she loved being on mission with us, God's mission for us. She lived a generous life by encouraging with the never-ending love of Jesus. So if you also want to be a part of God's mission for First Press, here are six ways, six platforms that you can use to give. And I am so deeply grateful for each of you. 
All right, we'll stand back up and we'll dim the lights a little bit on the stage just so we can kind of go in these next two. They're a little bit softer. Faithful through the ages, 
God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, of faithful promises, yeah, yeah. Time and time again, you have proven, you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me God from age to age though the earth may pass away your word remains the same yeah your history can prove there's nothing you can do you're faithful and true Though the storms may come and the winds may blow I'll remain steadfast And let my heart learn when you speak a word It will come to pass oh, Great is your faithfulness to me To the setting, say, I will praise your name. Oh, great is your faithfulness to me. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation.
How am I doing? I'm on. I am on. Great. Bumper video, a building. I don't know if you noticed we're building a building, but we'll come to that in a minute. But in meanwhile, we're talking about forward. And forward is sort of the posture of the series that we're talking about. And we're talking about forward, going forward, obviously in building a building, but what we really mean is going forward in this mission that we're on. And I, I want you to know that I am a forward kind of a guy. And so I, I must, if my voice breaks a little bit today because I'm so forward, I just need you to know this is like truth and lending, what I've done in the last 24 hours. Okay, so here's what I've done in the last 24 hours. And the, and the drummer did it with me. You see him? He's standing back there, and you can't see him online, but he's standing back there. And Chris is a musician. He doesn't, he's not a musician to make a living. He has a job helping people, in the, in the, but he, he's a drummer, and he really is. But Chris and I got in my car yesterday at about 11 o'clock, and we drove to Tallahassee, Florida. We most certainly did. And we drove to Tallahassee, Florida, and my beloved Knowles are 7-0 and and ranked number four in the country, and they, that ain't changing, and you can hate all you want right now. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyhow. So here's what you need to know. We got there early, and we pulled out my iPad, his iPhone, my iPhone, and we watched college football, and he ate half of a public sandwich he ordered that I picked up yesterday morning before we left. It was unbelievably huge. But we did that. So anyway, we go to the, we go to the game. I lost my sound. Am I gone? I'm back. Um, we go to the game, and you may remember Tallahassee. It's like 245 miles from here. I don't even know that. So that's like you, we didn't fly. We drove, and so the game ended about 11 o'clock at night. I don't know if that's like last night. You were asleep, and then Chris and I, we sat, by the way, and we were eating our sandwich and watching football, and and I said, Chris, I'm going to need to spend some time working on my notes. So I get my notes out, and we're sitting there in chairs, and he says, and I need to prep for this, and he put his iPods in, his ears, and he listened to the music, and there he was like this in the chair all (laughs) (laughs) over. And then he did it again this morning driving in. He had the pods in. He was in the seat next to me. But anyway, he, he loves that instrument, and I, we had an unbelievable blast. But just so you know what we did, we drove to a Roach Motel in Chiefland, and I tried to check in going up to save time, but they wouldn't let me, and I, never, I won't go into that. But anyway, so we drive. We get to the Roach Motel approximately 1.15 a.m., and then I went to sleepy sleep by 1.21 a.m., <laughs> And the alarm went off at 5 a.m. And at 5, 11 a.m., we were in the car and coming south. We stopped at Wawa on the way and got a cup of coffee. How am I doing? So if I fall over in a couple of minutes. <sighs> so we are in, we're in the business of going forward. And what I want you to do is be encouraged as we get more and more comfortable with the language about our clarity of the language about what we're trying to accomplish. And what we're trying to accomplish is being people who are in real relationships with each other and with Jesus, and in real relationships, therefore, what comes is transformation next. And, and that's the, the why of first prayers. Why do we have first prayers? Real relationship real transformation. And what we're going, to, we're going to keep working on that week after week, and we're going to talk about some hows. So the why has to be clear to us, and it is. And so this fantastic thing gives us more of a chance to do the why, real relationship, real transformation. And that's what we're about. And we've said it this way, and we're going to peek around in the book of Acts, A-C-T-S. It's a picture or pictures of the very beginnings of the movement of the Jesus people. Post-resurrection Jesus taking up residence in people's lives, and this is the kind of stuff that was going on in the Mediterranean world. And we, we've gone to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and we're gonna, it was in the bumper video, and we're, gonna just, we're just going to season this thing into us. We're going to socialize it. We're going to say it over and over again. First prayers, we are Acts chapter 1, verse 8 people. That's who we are. I'll read it for you. You can see it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. First prayers, we are acts. One, eight people. I want you to think of yourself as that. And it's a we-ness. 
It's a family. Certainly, we each individually make a decision to do this stuff, but it's about us-ness. And we want to be us doing what we do, and I'm happy individually to be a member of this family, but it's about us going and doing that. So one of the things I wanted to say that just now came up, just because of the song we sang, not Promises, but the one before. See if I can sing it. <clears throat> and you may guys may need to help me pitch. We sang a song about, notice it says, and when the Spirit comes on you, you'll be full. You didn't know what you were singing, but it says, as the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Keep doing it again. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come live over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. It's a prayer. But, oh, listen carefully. This was, this was not my notes. I just wrote this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Get your Bible out and look at it. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and creation started happening. When we say that we're Acts chapter 1, verse 8 people, what we're saying is we're asking God to come and take residence in us. But notice, when the Spirit descends on you in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will have power. It's the creation power. The Almighty God of the universe hovered over the waters, and out of it comes the universe. Out of it comes the planet. And it's that same God who has taken up residence in the people who've chosen to follow Jesus, making us into a family that goes where? Forward. We go forward. We go forward where we live, where we work, where we play, in our families, in our schools. And we intentionalize our relationships. We, we do what we're already doing, but we do it slightly differently. We do it hoping that somehow we will be impacted by other and other will be impacted by us. Some of the other are people that I care about and love deeply, but I, don't, I really honestly don't think they know that they're loved by God. And I want me to be a part of how God helps them. So that's what you, you didn't know you were singing Genesis 1 verse 2, did you? But you were. And I hope that piques your interest and you'll go look and read that text. It's the powerful presence of the almighty God in the universe that makes reality happen. And then we pray to that God and watch it happen in Acts chapter 1. In the city of Jerusalem, the, the Jesus movement starts exploding because the creation of the universe power, presence of God, starts to go to work on real relationships, real transformation around the Mediterranean in 33 A.D. That's what we're all about. So... <clears throat> I, what I'm going to do next is read a chunk out of chapter 2, and then we're going to look at some hows. Remember I said the why is this vision of real relationship, real transformation. And now we're going to see some hows today. And the hows, we're going to see this come up on a slide. We're going to talk, simplify it. Pursue Jesus, pursue people. Now watch how that's happening. That's the how. And what we do in order to pursue Jesus and pursue people, you're going to see a snapshot now of the way they rolled in the early church. This is, this is intended to be a picture of the kinds of stuff they did regularly. And so our good buddy, the Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, he's saying, this is the stuff, and you could call the elements in this, how do we pursue the trademarks of what happens when the Spirit of God comes hovering over us and empowers us. Here's some trademarks. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted, the, the followers of Jesus did the following things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. There's four things that they did, trademarks, and now some other ingredients about how they, their life, what their life was like together. Powerfully uh, uh, Im impactful. As everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. In other words, lives were changing. There were miraculous things taking place, and everybody could see it happening. There was a buzz, a grapevine going on in the city of Jerusalem. These Jesus followers are doing new and different kinds of things. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common, and they sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. In other words, just like you, when, when they bumped into a need, they gave. 
They just saw need and, and responded with generosity, and they gave to it. Every day, in other words, regularly, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They met together in their homes and in the official like this. And they, they ate together, and they had glad and sincere hearts. Of course they did. They were having fun. They were loving each other, and they were eating. Eating is good. The drummer had a cheese croissant biscuit thing this morning from Wawa, by the way, and so he's happy. I, I, for, I, I passed on it. I've decided you don't eat, buy your dinner, or your breakfast, and your gas in the same place. <laughs> but Wawa apparently bridges the gap. I digressed. Here's what they were doing. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And watch this last thing. When people are listening carefully to God's truth when they're doing life together when they're having meals together meals regular meals plus a meal that suggested the Lord's Supper and when they're praying together when all that starts happening and then when they encounter need in their community and they start making they meet needs with their with their ability to meet it when all that starts happening people are seeing it and those Jesus people were looking out because they knew that people were watching. And they invited them into their environment. They invited them into their setting. And as they pursued Jesus and pursued people, the spirit that hovers over the waters that makes all things makes new life inside of those people. Look at the last line. The, or, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. It's happening right now in this family of faith. There are people right now in this room who know their lives are changing, and you might use that fantastic Greek word that comes over into English as being saved. Something transformational is happening inside of you, and you know it's true, and you know it's happening, and you're surrendering to it. That's what was happening to them. So if you would bump the next slide, because I don't, there we go. So let's throw that one up. Is it up on the wall? There we go. Here's how I want you to try to summarize it. We're pursuing people, and we're pursuing Jesus. And I threw a couple of other verbs up there to sort of help you get your hands on it. So if the vision is real relationship, real transformation, we begin to put wheels on it by saying, what does that mean for me? It means I'm constantly pursuing Jesus, who, oh, by the way, is pursuing me. And also, I'm pursuing people. I'm looking out into where I already am, where I live, where I work, where I play, where I go to school. And I'm saying, who are the people in my life and how can I intentionalize and some slightly, how can I tweak the way I interact with them in such a way that we can build a bridge where our, we're doing more life together and we get past the surface and we move into other things that are deeply meaningful. And your, your faith life comes up. It just does. It's a natural thing. And you don't have to be uncomfortable about it. When you're in a relationship where you can talk about your beliefs, then you know you've, you've gotten home. And that's not judging a relationship where you don't, but, but I want to be intentional about being myself, which is sooner or later to be able to talk about what I believe and who I am. And I just want that to be a part of my friendships with people. How could I be a deep friend with them if they don't know that about me? They don't have to agree with me, but they at least would know it about me, and I want to know about them. So on purpose, we pursue Jesus, we pursue people. And so let's throw the verse that we have some trademarks up that we can get our hands on. Let's throw that one up. Look at the four things in there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What that means basically, friends, for you and for me is it means the Bible. Okay? It's a little more complicated than that because it wasn't all written down yet in, when this first started happening. But just what it means is we are trademarked by the fact that we're people of this book. And it's God speaking God's truth into all aspects of our life. And the book is the final authority on everything we believe and everything we do. And so they also had that. They had the 39 books of the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. And they began to listen to the apostles who were the spokespersons for God in, after the resurrection. But that, in other words, they're constantly saying, that. what did Jesus say? And what, what did Paul say about it? What did Luke, Luke, what did he say? And they're kicking it around and having small group discussions and just constantly discussing the truth that God wanted to get. And that's, that's the first thing. Second thing is this word fellowship. Koinonia is the Greek term. It means basically, it means common. And it means they... We're having life together. They laughed together. They cried together. They encouraged each other. They prayed for each other. They knew about each other's family difficulties. They knew about each other's celebrations. We did a little bit of that this morning in a circle with the Dream Team. We heard about deeply difficult things and cancer, and we heard about a new engagement. 
and everything in between. We did a little common koinonia friendship. So it's, it's, not about, it's not about a churchy thing. It's about life together. And the root of the word is common. It means, it means ordinary, everyday life together. The third thing is bread and breaking it. So there's two things going on there. It would mean meals. I love meals. If you're coming to a trunk or treat tonight, you can have a meal as a part of it. But everybody's happy when they're eating. I am. Chris was this morning when he ate that sausage cheese biscuit thing he ate. And, and, uh, and he didn't really spill any of it on my car. Okay, so, uh, and the fourth thing is, so breaking bread is triggering Jesus' meal with him as well as regular meals. And the last thing is prayer. So in other words, prayer is listening and talking to God. And I think they had prayers that were already written down like we sort of have some prayers. Some Christians regularly pray some regular prayers like we might, you might pray in your private life the Lord's Prayer. I don't know. But they had prayers that were sort of written and prayers that were spontaneous. And they prayed. And so everybody's, prayer means, I guess, for them constantly trying to intentionalize, remembering that God is here, and I just keep a conversation going with it. So I wanted also, there are the four things. I wanted to say a word about devoted, and so we have, we have the, a slide for you to show you what devoted means. This, the, Greek, the Greek verb means they devoted themselves to, they joined themselves to, they gave attention to, they spent time together or persisted. So that's what that word means, and it's ongoing activity. In other words, it's a snapshot of the way people were doing life together. All these things were going on, and they kind of did it over and over again. And here's my way of saying it. They zip-tied themselves to all this stuff. They Velcroed themselves to it. They gorilla-glued themselves to these trademarks. It's just how they rolled. You with me? The Jesus family began to roll in a new way, and they began to do things that people ordinarily wouldn't do. They, they cared for people who were in need. They prayed. They, and so the list comes up again of apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And that's just from verse 42. And so this is, these are trademarks. So we've got a vision, the, what, the why, which is because we want to be a part of real relationships and real transformation that happens in them. And here's some how-tos. And you're doing it. So I want to encourage you. And maybe there's one of those that you pick and you go, I'm going to take the next good step. Maybe you've been hearing about uh, some kind of group that meets together. And you're thinking, I, I'm scared to go to one of those. I don't know anything. They're going to embarrass me. No. No, you have to be really ignorant even to be allowed to be in them. That's a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. So n dummies, dummies are welcome in the First Press family when we meet together in smaller environments so that we can really get to know each other and we, cent we center it around a conversation where the truth that we're talking about comes off the pages of Scripture, but then we just talk about our lives and we talk about how that applies. There's prayer involved. In it's a comfortable environment where you're just welcome to be just who you are and come in there. So that's, maybe that's a good next step that you want to be thinking about taking. You need all of these you need all of these trademarks in your life as a Jesus family. We each do. We, and we just simply can't do it. With, it. Without the apostles' teaching, here's what happens to us. We drift. We drift away. If we don't have the constant input of what God is trying to teach us about reality, we drift away from the goodness in, of God and the truth of God. And here's what happens to us. We get sucked back into the cultural default. And I said a week ago, and I'm going to keep saying, for me, the cultural default is me-ology. The center of my truth, the center of my universe, and I think I'm not alone in the West right now today in the 21st century. Me, myself, and I. I just don't even mean to go there, and the next thing I know, I'm there. But when I'm with God's peeps... And when I'm just trying to be honest and transparent, and when I let myself, then the next thing you know, I find myself not so much focused on me, but on them. The antidote to meology is them, thinking about them. A really powerful illustration is that. Down, when we were downtown at Zach Street, the session of the church, the 12 people who are the senior leaders, the elders of the church, we went outside on an evening before it was dark, it was in the summer, and we went outside after a 6 o'clock meeting. We went out and stood on the sidewalk out, of, out front. And we were closing our meeting with prayer. And normally you'd have a circle and everybody would be looking at each other. This is what we did. We turned our backs to each other and looked out there. 
And it was our way of saying, they are who we care about. Obviously, we care about each other. But if the circle stays and looks inside, sooner or later, it collapses under its own weight. They matter. It's who Jesus died for. So we pursue Jesus and we prove what we must, we must have the apostles' teaching and meology gets challenged by it. The second thing, you got to have meals together. You got to do life together. You got to be sharing common things. What happens to people who don't share life with other people, who don't do the koinonia word, which is fellowship? They end up isolated. And then what happens when you get isolated? You just find yourself drifting away. You become sort of strayed. So we got to have that. We got to have all of these. You can't leave one out. If a person doesn't do meals together and forgets about the meal that represents Jesus' death and resurrection, then we've lost the remembrance that the death and resurrection is the center of all reality. In prayer, if we quit praying, see, to pray makes sense because God is putting heaven and earth back together. And when we pray, we're praying that God will put heaven and earth back together again. Thy kingdom come. So we got to do all of these things. You can't leave any one of them out. You leave one out and you start to wander off a little bit. We're about to have something really fun happen. And we're going to have somebody come up and say something. So here's, here's what I wanted to say to you before Walker Godin comes up and tells you a little bit about himself. Walker is a person who's figuring out in his life how to be involved in real relationship and real transformation. And when we were building this series, we thought we need to ask somebody just to come up and talk about their personal life. I have no idea what he's going to say, but I love the man and I know what he's going to say is be authentic. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how Walker talks about how all of this has become real with him. Real with Jesus, pursuing Jesus, and real in relationships, pursuing Jesus' people, and how he's a different person about, because of it and how he's really happy to tell you about it. Walker, my brother, you come right up on here, and I'm going to put this right here for you. Thank you. Thank you all. Yeah, I had to bring some notes with me because I get a little nervous when I uh, in front of everybody. Um, when Fitz asked me to, to talk a little bit about my journey, I, I was first I was a little bit, a little bit intimidated, uh, but it really caused me to reflect a lot on my journey, how I got here, uh, where I came from, and uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about my background. Uh, as a child growing up in Montgomery, Alabama, um, I was raised Episcopalian, and so there were a lot of rules, there were a lot of rituals to rehearse, you know, verses to memorize, uh, but I never really truly had a real relationship with Jesus as a kid. Um, it was more about social status in Montgomery, uh, you know, showing up, and, and less about pursuing Jesus and pursuing God. Uh, when I was in high school, I started straying away from God and began to pursue all other gods and religions. Um, it was a form of rebellion as my parents were getting a divorce, and um, that's when I cared more about partying and, and you know, less about worship. Um, I had this saying that I always kept in my head, all spiritual paths lead to one God. You know, I was, I don't know what I was thinking. And I, I was kind of one of those romantic Jim Morrison, the doors, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, <laughs> I really wanted to go to Paris to see his grave because I was just so, like, worshiping Jim Morrison. Um, but, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, that notion, it, it carried into college. Um, you know, I, I continued to party a lot. I, uh, I grew my hair out, became a hippie, uh, went out west for two summers to work in Yellowstone, uh, where I met some very interesting people. Um, <laughs> And I followed bands like Fish and Widespread Panic, and I was a big Grateful Dead guy, and, and uh, you know, so that was kind of my God, you know, that, that, that live show experience was like, oh my God, that's it, that's it. But it pushed me further and further away from the true God, and, um, and thinking about it, when I moved to Tampa, fast forward to Tampa, I met my wife, I started a career, um, and I knew that I was marrying a Christian. Uh, she was very clear about her faith. Um, and wanted to be married, I, she wanted to be married to, to someone who was faithful as well. Uh, I did believe in God, but I didn't really fully embrace the concept of pursuing a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, I wanted to raise my daughter in a church, uh, but didn't really know what true community and being part of a church family really felt like um, or looked like. Um, and I wasn't really interested in the inauthentic Sunday morning hypocrisy that I saw as a child. Um, and so my wife would drag me into several churches during that period when she was pregnant and she was teaching and um, we couldn't really, nothing really quite stuck. 
Um, and then fast forward to God calling Rachel to First Pres. Um, the first time we visited Zach Street, I really knew something was different, something was special. Um, it really felt like everyone walked the walk and didn't just talk the talk. And um, especially Fitz and Kathy, it just felt real. Um, so I would attend church and really enjoyed going, but I wasn't really plugged in anywhere else uh, outside of the church uh, until the one year um, I attended a men's retreat with Tony Dungy. Uh, so who could turn down Tony Dungy? Um, so I'm like, yeah, rock on. All right, let's go. Um, and so that really sparked my interest in joining a life group. Um, and though I was skeptical, I, I didn't really know if I wanted to sit around a bunch of guys and talk about the Bible and, and stuff. I wasn't really that comfortable. But um, so I joined a couple of those, and little by little, I started to get this idea of a uh, personal relationship with Jesus. Um, the biggest transition, or the big transition that really came in the faith journey is when Matt Murphy came up to me and asked me to be a part of the worship band. Uh, and I was like, oh, God, okay, cool. Uh, first of all, contemporary Christian music is not really my gig. Um, <laughs> it's not really in my wheelhouse. You know, I'm coming from a Grateful Dead, friend of the devil, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, but something in my heart said, okay, why not? You know, why not just, just jump in and see what happens? Um, so I joined the band, and that group became my life group, uh, essentially. Uh, Matt and others, they, poured, they, they would just pour into me, and I really felt that connection. Uh, and the connection of music that I understand it really brought me closer to God and, and really nurtured that personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and so I was surrounded by... Um, examples of men and women who I could tell had something different, like they had the Holy Spirit, and I really wanted that. I wanted to pursue what they had. Um, and so I joined Matt's Thursday morning life group at the time, and I'm still a part of the life group to this day. Truly amazing guys, guys I really look up to. I'm very blessed to, to have that. And so then um, my life journey kind of took a turn downward. Um, my life began to, to, to take some downward turns. I lost a few friends were close to me to addiction, um, and COVID happened. So I felt like as soon as my faith was starting to really grow, uh, it, it, felt like, it felt like the devil came in and uh, felt like a wolf in sheep's clothing. He showed up, and I went through an extremely dark time uh, for these couple of years. Um, my main coping mechanism was alcohol, and uh, I used it as a crutch all the time. And um, and yet I, I kept it very private. I, I still came to church, still played in the church band. I still um, did the things that I was committed to doing. But uh, even with these internal demon, demons, I couldn't seem to shake them. Uh, I always felt safe, felt safe and loved at church. Uh, but through a lot, of con a lot of prayer and reflection and, and a lot of help, actually, um, I was able to climb out of the valley. And uh, as the song says, Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. Um, I attribute that solely to God and, and those who kept pursuing me, even without knowing what I was really going through. I had, I had people in my life, Jesus followers, who just came out of nowhere and just showed up at the right time and just picked me up out of that, out of that valley and just said, man, come on, dust it off. Let's get back, let's get back to where we're going. So I've never felt closer to God today. Um, I've, I have quiet time in the morning. I read Jesus Calling. I uh, go to church home. I do guided prayers in the morning, and I can't wait to come to church. I really look forward every Sunday to come here and see everybody. Um, and so, and, and I play contemporary Christian music, which I'm still shocked, <laughs> still shocked that I, that I, but you know what? It, <laughs> it feels great, and I can really say that I, all this has been a, such a blessing. Um, and so, so when I think about my status now as a Jesus follower, uh, I can say I really abide. Uh, the dude abides. Um, <laughs> that. Now, so, um, so I've just started reaching out to others to share about Jesus who have questions who are not followers. I've been pursued by others here at First Press, so I want to just give a huge shout out to Fitz and Kathy and Matt, Rachel, my family, my daughter Charlotte. Uh, so here I am, and I can't wait to pursue others for Jesus. So thank you.
the band is going to come up and we're going to sing one more song and I'm going to pray if you stay right here with me and we'll pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the fact that the Spirit was hovering over the waters and you have also come and rested on us, including Walker. Thank you for this brother who, with humility and with transparency and with vulnerability, has simply opened himself up to let you use him to tell us that you're real. Thank you for the transformation that he's celebrating his life. Thank you that we are simply walking, living miracles. Lots of stories in this room right now like Walker's, but this one is special, and we're grateful. So thank you that we get a chance, as Walker said so well, to get together and do this on Sundays and the other places where we're together, doing real life together with real relationships with each other. We love you, gracious God. We love Walker. We love his family, and we're, we're, we're just... We're just your people, and we want to be a family that loves each other well. Thank you that we can feel safe when we're together here, and we can be who we are, and you take us just as we are, and you move us to where you want us to go. All of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand and let it roar. All right. This might have been one of the first songs that Walker and I played together, and uh, it's a great way to go out. I think Graves in the Gardens, we may jump a little bit, so if you feel like jumping with us, go for it. All right, let's do this. Ready? I searched the world and it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise treasures of faith never know You came along and put me back together Go! 
transformation continues this afternoon, five to seven. Yes, trucker treaters. Yeah, you're out of here.